healthy from the inside out. This is Valley Well Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Valley Well Valle Salud. I'm Lauren Vargas. With COVID-19 and the flu season overlapping this year, it's more important than ever that you and your family protect yourself with a flu shot. Here at Valleywise Health, we want you to be informed about your health care and understand why we recommend the things we do. So joining us to go in-depth about the flu and the vaccine is Caitlin McQuarrie. She's a district medical group physician assistant at Valleywise Community Health Center Chandler. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So how does the flu vaccine actually work? So the flu vaccine is um, an injection that uses an inert um, or inactive version of what we think will be the most uh, prominent flu viruses in the flu season. And so what that does is it shows your body, your immune system, um, a little picture of the flu virus so that it can remember that and develop what we call immunity or kind of a, a will to fight off that virus if it encounters the live flu virus this season. So why does the vaccine change every year? That's a good question. The vaccine changes because the viruses that we see each season actually also change. So around the world, we um, we have all kinds of flu viruses and, and the seasons are at different times. And so we do some good research on um, which ones we think are going to be the most prominent here in the United States each season. And that helps us decide which viruses we should use for the vaccines. So scientists and doctors have to kind of predict what's going to happen in the future? Exactly. Yeah. And we look at flu seasons in other countries that are a little bit um, before ours and kind of check out what's going on there and see which viruses are circulating and which ones we think are going to be the most active. And then the scientists do develop the vaccine based on those, you know, informed kind of predictions, like you said. Yeah. So other than COVID-19, obviously, is there anything new this flu season? Is it expected to be, you know, sometimes they say it's expected to be a really bad flu season. Is that the case this year? And how do we know? So that's uh, also a very good question. And COVID, like you said, is the biggest change with this flu season. I think that as far as what I know, I'm not certain if we're predicting to have a bad flu season specifically with the flu, but there is potential there for it to become um you know, worse than a normal flu season because we do have that other virus circulating as well. So does the dose of the vaccine change depending on your age? If, you know, you come in and you're a senior citizen, for example, would you get a different vaccine than a younger person? Yeah, we do. We vaccinate our um, seniors, 65 plus age group, a little bit differently than we do um, those who are younger. Their vaccine is a little bit stronger. It's called a high-dose flu vaccine, um, which helps to kind of promote a healthy or sort of a more robust immune response in those patients. So it kind of helps us to ensure that our senior citizens really make a good, strong immune response to help protect them um, a little bit better during the flu season. So I know with COVID-19, they were saying that seniors are at higher risk. Is that because it's the same for the flu, why they get a higher dose? 
Yeah, so seniors are at higher risk um, for both viruses um, for the what we call complications. Um, so, you know, with both COVID and the flu, we can have um, respiratory symptoms. Everybody's heard the cough, shortness of breath, fever. Each can cause pneumonia. And senior citizens over the age of 65 are at higher risk for having that complication of pneumonia or other severe complications from either the flu or COVID, which is why we really want to make sure that those patients, those people are well protected. If you're just tuning in with us, we're talking with District Medical Group Physician Assistant Caitlin McQuarrie about how the flu vaccine works. And you can actually make an appointment to get your flu shot or just meet with a District Medical Group provider by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or you can visit valleywisehealth.org anytime and click the book appointment button and someone will call you back within a couple of days. So we're talking about how the dose changes for seniors. What about smaller kids? Don't they require multiple doses or how does that work? Yes. Yeah, you're right. So kids, kind of the same, kind of what we talked about with seniors as well. We want to make sure that their bodies, their immune systems develop a good response. And if it's the first time that they've ever been vaccinated against the flu, then we prefer to do what's called a booster dose. So they get one vaccine and we can start as early as six months. It's actually uh, recommended that we start as early as six months because those babies are actually at higher risk as well from getting the flu and getting uh, complications. Um, But six months of age, and older. And so, you know, say your your two-year-old comes in, they've never had the flu shot before, but you'd like to consider it this year. Uh, we would go ahead and give them their first dose. And then about four, five weeks later, at least four weeks later, we would give them that booster dose. And that helps their body recognize, okay, this is a new virus that we're encountering. We really need to make an immune response to this. And that protects them as uh, they go through the flu season. So what if the baby is younger than six months? How do, how do you protect that baby? So that baby would rely on those around them, their family, their friends, people that um, they would be exposed to, to get their flu shots in order to protect that little one. So we don't vaccinate kids under the age of six months. Um, and, and we hope and we, you know, we ask that the people around that baby would become vaccinated to sort of make if you could envision a little protective bubble. So Mm -hmm. if the parents, if the grandparents, everybody is all vaccinated, then their immunity helps to kind of insulate and protect that little one. Absolutely. That makes total sense. So I started working at Valleywise Health about two and a half years ago. And I will admit, I'm not a big fan of shots. Mm. So I never actually got a flu shot before I started working here, but it is required. So that was my first flu shot two and a half years ago. And this past year, my whole family got the flu except for me. Mm. And so now I am the hu- the biggest advocate for the flu shot because I saw firsthand, I mean, I'm almost certain that's the only reason I didn't get sick because my husband, my kid, they were so sick. And Aww. so was my, my dad. And I just saw them miserable. I mean, it was really bad over Christmas and the holidays. And I was just totally fine and I couldn't believe it. So I'm a big fan of it myself. I will get it every year now. Mm -hmm. But how effective is the vaccine? Is it possible for some people to get vaccinated and still get the flu? Yes, it is. Um, Especially because like we talked about earlier, the vaccine is based sort of on that prediction of what's going to be circulating this year. It's also the effectiveness of the vaccine is also based on 
you know, the, the person we're putting it into. So the ability of that person to make a good, strong immune response and everybody's immune system is a little bit different. So it is possible to get the flu after becoming vaccinated for a couple of reasons, the, the ones we just talked about, but also because it takes about two weeks or so for your immune system to respond to the shot. So, you know, even if you get vaccinated and you are going to produce a really great immune response, but the next day you're exposed to the flu, your body just wasn't ready. And so a lot of times we can have the shot and then come into contact with the virus. And then we haven't quite had time to protect ourselves um, from the vaccine. Or uh, like we said before, we get the shot and it's for whatever reason, your body just didn't quite make a good enough immune response or our predictions weren't, weren't as great as we'd like them to be. It's still possible to get the flu, but people who have been vaccinated and even have developed somewhat of an, an immune response are still protected against those complications more than if they had not gotten the shot. So it can still give you a little bit of protection even if you still get sick. And oftentimes when you do still get sick, it's less uh, severe of an infection. So that in and of itself can be kind of nice because like you said, you can be really miserable with the flu. So on that same note where, you know, everybody's different and might react to it a little bit differently, other than seniors, like we talked about, are there certain people that are at higher risk maybe who have, you know, pre-existing conditions or diseases? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we talked about the seniors, we talked about kids, kiddos, young kids are at are at a little bit higher risk. But people who have any sort of chronic medical conditions that kind of stress their body, or people who have breathing problems, you can imagine. So people with asthma or COPD, or people with diabetes or heart problems, all of those people can have a harder time if they do get sick from the flu and are at higher risk. So definitely, if you're not 65, but you know, you're diabetic, and you know, you may have high blood pressure, it's definitely important to consider getting your flu shot. Physician assistant Caitlin McQuarrie is giving us the real story about the flu and the flu vaccine. And you can make an appointment with Caitlin at the Valleywise Community Health Center Chandler by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday, or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. So you get the flu vaccine is it good the whole year or how long does it last? Because I know you're, you're supposed to get it every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the vaccine, if we get it right in the fall, so flu season here in the United States typically starts in the fall. Um, so about September, October. And then we can expect for that to get worse or or peak kind of in the coldest months. So most time December through February are those coldest months. And then it typically peters off, although sometimes it can last as late as May. Here in Arizona, we don't always see it last that super long. But but the importance is getting it right at the beginning of that um, season, because if we get it earlier than that, say, you know, we made the flu shots, we get it in July, we may not quite get that protection all the way through the season. But if the CDC recommends that we do get in the beginning of September or October because that gives us the best chance of having coverage throughout the entire season until the season is over in April or May. So why is there a flu season? What, how does that work and why does it typically happen in the colder months? So the viruses themselves just spread a little bit easier in in the colder months. And we see that not just here in the United States, but in other countries as well, even countries, um, for example, in Australia, where their winter is is our summer, they still see the flu 
peak in the winter months. And so there is um, definitely a correlation there between the winter season and the influenza season. That's when the viruses circulate most. And so that's why it's most important to get the vaccine, if possible, prior to that, right at the beginning of that season, so that we have as much protection as we can going into those cold months. So is it a myth that you can get the cold or the flu from going out in, in the cold? Or is uh, that true? Good question. So it you're right, it is a myth. The virus circulating in the cold months is not equal to the cold itself causing you to have those symptoms of the flu. So those are independent. A lot of times people will um, will think, you know, I went out in the cold, didn't wear my jacket, I maybe played in the snow or, or had a family gathering. The next day I really felt miserable. But, but really what happened rather than the cold itself causing those symptoms, likely they were exposed to somebody who did have the flu in that time frame, and then that's what's causing their symptoms. And because the flu circulates more readily in those cold months, we have that sort of common misconception that the cold itself might cause those symptoms. But typically it doesn't. It's usually you've accidentally come into contact with somebody or something that was infected, and now you've got those yucky symptoms. That's so funny. That's so interesting. So while we're on myths, what about the myth that you can get the flu from the vaccine itself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, and, and I can understand how that one, that one is still kind of circulating readily. And I think it's because, you know, when you get the flu shot, some people say they do feel kind of yucky. But what that is actually, rather than the virus itself, is their body, their immune system kind of revving up. So it can cause a little bit of fatigue or a little bit of a sore arm. But the virus in the shot, like, a, like we kind of talked about earlier, is inactivated. It's not able to transmit infection. So it's either dead or it's just parts of the virus. So really, it is just that picture of the virus that we're showing to the immune system, but not the actual live virus itself. And so any sort of immune response when your body is really working hard to to make the blood cells that you need in order to just neutralize that infection if you get the flu any sort of response like that is going to kind of make your body feel differently so a little bit of tiredness maybe even a little bit of runny nose because you have a lot of what we call immune tissue um, lymph tissue up in your neck in the back of your throat and so some people can get those symptoms and think "Ugh." this is awful, and think that they've got the flu, but really it's just their body kind of responding to the shot, which is a good thing. That's what we want. Right. So you kind of quickly mentioned the symptoms someone might have with, with the flu. Can we talk about what actually happens in your body when someone does actually get the flu? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the influenza viruses themselves, what they do is they they um, infect via the respiratory system. So you can breathe it in, you can touch something and then touch your face and you get the virus, goes into your the tissue in your nose and your mouth and then that can make its way to, to your lungs. So it is a respiratory virus, it causes a cough, causes fever because your body is trying to kind of get rid of this virus once it's in you. And so it's really just what we call inflammation of the upper and lower respiratory tracts that cause these symptoms of like fever, the cough. Um, you can have body aches because of the kind of the inflammation that your body is making in response to the virus. So a lot of it is just um, 
kind of that reaction to the bug entering and disrupting, you know, your normal body functions. And how long does the flu last when could it be anywhere from a day to a week or how, how long does it typically last? So typically you get sick pretty quick after you get the flu. People are exposed and you get sick within a day or two, usually not longer than four days after exposure. So you can pretty well tell you're, you're kind of feeling yucky. And then usually within, on average, I would say about 10 days, you feel a little bit better. Some people still feel lousy after two weeks, but typically in that week, to 10 day period, you start to feel better. And that also depends on, you know, if you've talked to your doctor, if you've been prescribed medications, that sort of thing, those things can sometimes help. But typically, we're looking at about a day or two after you get exposed, you feel crummy. And then about a week or 10 days after that, you start feeling a little bit better. Wow. So two weeks is a long time when you're feeling sick. So definitely a, a good reason to get a flu shot. Um, we are talking with District Medical Group Physician Assistant Caitlin McQuarrie about the flu and the flu vaccine. And you can get a flu shot at Valley Wise Health or make an appointment with Caitlin by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. I want to introduce Chencho Flores, our audio producer for this show. He has a question for you, Caitlin. So Lauren was talking about myths, and it reminded me of, of a couple that I've heard. First one, pregnant women should not get the shot. Is that true or false? That is false. Absolutely. We want pregnant women to get the flu shot. Pregnant ladies, thank you for bringing that up, are one of our higher risk groups, like we talked about earlier with younger kids, with older adults, that we really want to protect and insulate. So, you know, if you know somebody who's pregnant or you yourself are pregnant and you have been kind of undecided on getting the flu shot, definitely it is protective and it is good for you, your immune system, baby. So that is something that we advocate for. Good question. And the other one is if you're a normal, healthy person, then you won't get the flu or it won't affect you. But people say the same thing about COVID, which, which is false, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So like COVID, I'm sure we've all heard something or other about um, what's called asymptomatic spread. So meaning you can have viral particles in you, um, not really feel unwell, and still be able to transmit the virus to others. And that is true in the case of the flu as well. So some people say you and I and Lauren were together um, visiting. Um, I could be infected with the flu, have a little bit of a cough, give it to both of you. And potentially you would not feel sick, although you could walk from that meeting to, you know, the next day, another meeting and give it to somebody else who may be over the age of 65, young baby, and you yourself may never actually have symptoms. So, you know, it's important to consider that when considering getting a flu shot that, you know, you may not just be protecting yourself, but you may also, you definitely are protecting others around you. So on that same note with COVID and the flu, it sounds like the symptoms are so similar. How do you tell the difference? It's hard to without, that's a great question. It's hard to tell the difference without um, testing because both can cause fevers, both can cause body aches. We've heard cough obviously in both, you know, and, and while it's less common, they both can cause nausea, vomiting, belly upset. What I have seen and what I think most research has shown is 
is that often COVID causes more of that loss of taste and smell than does the flu. We, do, we haven't noticed that as much with the flu in the past. But even then, it's very difficult to go off of symptoms alone because they overlap so much. And so the importance um, of knowing that is when you go to the doctor, they may suggest that we do testing. And when we do testing, we will likely be testing for both. That may not be maybe something that everybody's thinking about right now. But as we do move into this cold and flu season, it's going to be really difficult to tell. And so when we test, we will we will need to test for both just to make sure because the treatment is different. So, you know, in general, both need fluids, rest, Tylenol or ibuprofen for your aches and pains, but there is no antiviral medication that we use for COVID, whereas we can do that for the flu. And COVID seems to cause more concern with regards to severe respiratory symptoms. So the monitoring or the check-ins need to be a little bit different with that. And heaven forbid you get both at the same time. That would just be miserable for everybody. Um, I know you mentioned, you know, the treatments, some of the things you can do at home with Tylenol and rest. Is there anything else you can recommend if someone does get the flu or get really sick on how on what else they can do? So the biggest um kind of conservative or home-based treatments that we recommend, try to drink plenty, plenty of water, one or two liters of water a day. You can use Gatorade if you just can't stand water. I would recommend using Tylenol or ibuprofen for fevers and for body aches just to, so that you, you're not miserable. You can use, uh, most people can use over-the-counter, um, you know, cold medicine safely, although if they have something like high blood pressure or diabetes, it'd be important to talk to their provider before doing that. But mostly it's going to be sort of self-care and making sure that when you are sick, you're limiting your exposures to others. So you're, you know, washing your hands plenty. You're not going out of the house or going to work when you feel, you know, when you feel sick, that sort of thing. And then um, all of that conservative treatment that we talked about. And obviously talk to your doctor. And then if it's, um, if it's, deemed appropriate or, you know, if you talk to them and they think that it's really going to help you, then there are prescription medicines too that we can use. Absolutely. And on the other side of that, my last question is, is getting a flu shot all you need to do to protect yourself from the flu? No. So, I mean, it's definitely a huge part of it because otherwise, what are we talking about today, right? Um, but yeah, it's a huge part of it, but still the flu is transmitted through those, um, through the spread from other people. So through coughs, through sneezes, through coughing and sneezing on, on your hands and touching somebody's face or touching something, touching your face. So the spread of the flu uh, can be minimized by kind of just healthy habits, so to speak. So making sure you're, you're washing your hands often when you're out uh, out and about, making sure you're not touching things and touching your face. One of the good things that's come from coming off of the end of the big COVID spike this summer is that a lot of people are so conscious of that now. So mm -hmm. they're wearing their masks. They are not going out when they're sick. They're not coughing into their hands and touching things. If they go out, they come home, they wash their hands. So we are all, I think, collectively doing so much better preemptively with those healthy habits, which is great because I think that really will impact the spread in our community if we continue to do that. Absolutely. It'll be so interesting to see how this flu season pans out, especially if we all continue wearing our masks. That might be a, a really good, you know, good thing that comes out of this for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Being that this is going to be our first flu season during COVID, are you guys on the professional or sorry, the medical side 
doing anything differently to prepare? I can tell you what has been some discussions recently, actually, in our provider discussions, and that is making sure that we are offering patients a safe space to come to for testing and for treatment. So definitely we are looking at being absolutely able to maintain social distancing in the waiting rooms, making sure we have a space for sick versus well side, making sure that we have enough vaccines available. Everybody's wearing masks, staff and patients included. We are social distancing. We're going to make sure that we have testing available for both COVID and flu to make sure that we are kind of giving the patients the right information. And then we're trying to make all of that kind of come together to make it as safe of a flu season and winter season as we can. Well, Caitlin McQuarrie, a physician assistant at Valleywise Community Health Center Chandler, thank you so much. Really interesting information about how the flu works and the flu vaccine. And we really appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was great to talk to y'all. Of course. We will see you next time. We hope you enjoyed listening to Valley Well Via Salute a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you've heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There, you'll find blogs and videos from our healthcare providers, and you can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.